Today's podcast is brought to you by Just City, a nonprofit organization working to make sure Tennessee's criminal justice system is safe, fair, and strong for everyone. They're doing things like working to increase access to diversion programs for at-risk youth and helping people and neighborhoods by increasing access to jobs and housing after incarceration. Learn more about their work at justcity.org. Coming to you from the ugliest building in the Gulch, it's the Nashville Scenecast. I'm your host, Maddie Gerard. Today we've got more coverage of bachelorettes than you could ever dream of. We're bringing in two voices from our office to talk about Nashville's omnipresent bachelorette scene. It seems like you can find bachelorettes anywhere in Nashville and during any day of the week. They lurk in your bars, on your streets, and they may just be in your neighborhood right now. So how did they get here? What are they doing here? And how long do they plan to stay? Stephen Hale, the man behind this week's cover story, is here to answer all of your questions. He went with InFocus editor Nancy Floyd, who's also here with us, to the heart of Batch City, Lower Broadway. We'll hear of their adventures, as well as some speculation about another bachelorette you may be familiar with. Rachel Lindsay. Stay tuned. Okay, so I'm here with Stephen Hale and Nancy Floyd. If you guys will just introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Stephen Hale. I'm a staff writer for The Scene. And I am Nancy Floyd. I'm the editor of In Focus and a sometimes contributor to The Scene. And our Bachelorette recapper. That is true. <laughs> I recap The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. And my wingman woman on this story. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we have uh, our cover of this week is all about Bachelorette City. Uh, so Stephen Hale traveled downtown to cover The Bachelorettes. Could you sort of tell us what happened there? Yeah, well, so I think maybe just to start the this idea is obviously not breaking news that there are some bachelorette parties in town. So naturally we had to go downtown in their natural habitat and, <laughs> and find observe them. the, yeah, uh, the exactly. creatures of the night. Which Nancy got to tag along for. I did, and help so, Stephen and Daniel, our photographer, be less creepy as they approached all these groups of single drunk girls. <laughs> so, so that was good. Yes. So. When did you end up going downtown and sort of paint a picture of what it looked like? Well, so we went down on a Friday night, um, and actually, as it happens, like like Nancy mentioned, Daniel Meggs, our photographer, who took some fantastic pictures uh, for this story, uh, was going to come down with me, and so I was planning on kind of just walking around with him and sort of just, I didn't really have much of a plan. We knew from speaking to one of the bachelorette planning companies where some parties were going to be, but thought we would just walk around. Nancy and Daniel were covering a, an event for In Focus, and so I met up with them, and as Nancy mentioned, it turned out to be great to have her with us because it made it a little more, uh, a little easier for us to approach large groups of young women and uh, get them <laughs> to talk to us. Uh, so Friday night on Broadway is a madhouse. It's like a five-block public intoxication zone mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so it was like that uh, but as anyone who's been down there knows it's not hard to spot these bachelorette parties I mean normally they're kind of in a sort of uniform uh, which is something we learned down there I think <laughs> was that there somewhere is a is a shop that is making a killing selling 
penis know, white whistles. dresses. <laughs> well, penis whistles and and white dresses and and uh, you know and black dresses for uh, for bachelorettes to wear. There's sort of you know one one girl in a white dress with a sash and seven girls around mm-hmm. her in a in black dresses and they're sort of marching up and down Broadway. Mm-hmm. Even though we knew what that there were going to be plenty of those down there, I think we were still pretty stunned at how many we saw. I mean, we I say this in the story, but we saw 33 bachelorette parties oh in less than two hours. And um, that's identifiable bachelorette parties. I mean, that right. is the girls in the uniform, the the white dress, the sash, the veil. I mean, so we saw a ton of other groups that likely were also bachelorette parties, but we saw 33 that we knew without a shadow of a doubt because of either the veils and the sashes or the matching t-shirts that say right. something terrible about getting yeah, trashed or whatever, but. <laughs> Getting shitty in Music City yeah. <laughs> or uh, uh, Last Bash in Nash. There was a Harry yeah. Potter-themed one when we were down there. Was there was a Harry Potter-themed sash, which I forget what it is. It was it's like about, Muggles. You know, mu- yeah, yeah. M- Muggles mm. or Gryffindor. Or, I don't know. <laughs> nice. um, our Harry Potter fan listeners will know. But, uh, yeah, so offended. it was really... I mean, and the other <laughs> thing is that we would go into some of the honky-tonks downtown and there would be four bachelor mm-hmm. parties in one place, you know, or one crowd of, of people, which was just, again, it was, it was not surprising. Obviously we knew it's sort of like shooting fish in a barrel to look for bachelor parties downtown, mm-hmm. but there was way more than we were expecting. Right. We walked into Honky Tonk Central and there was a bride to be on the stage dancing with the band. And then there was another bride to be hanging from the balcony or whatever that little private yes. VIP area is with all of her girls screaming and then, you know, at least like two others that were just sort of scattered around the room. And that was just one level of Hong Tong Central, which which is is a three floor behemoth of drinking and (laughs) bacheloretting. So yeah, yeah, it was something else. So who were some of the characters that you met? Like what's your favorite story from being down there? Um, the one that sticks out to me is, I mean, going into Honky Tonk Central was like, sometimes when you're working on a story like this, you sort of have a hypothesis or a premise that you're, you know you know is true that's why we're doing the story we know that there's a lot of bachelorette parties here but when you go out to just do the reporting you're not sure if you're going to get what kind of stuff you're going to get that you can use and we walked into honky tonk central it was like um you know i heard like the choir singing in my ears it was like (laughs) this is the gold standard of what i mean there was like a bachelorette party on stage one hanging from a balcony people in the crowd you know it it was nuts but the one, the group that stands out to me probably the most is the first group we talked to, mm-hmm. which is, was in Tin Roof. And we went in there, somewhat bizarrely, I don't know that we actually heard any country music the whole night. No. We walked into Tin Roof and Ed Sheeran is blaring <laughs> on, the, on the, I was saying this before, but transcribing for this story was a little tricky, my interviews, because there was just pop music blaring in the background of all my recordings but typically Ed Sheeran that's right (laughs) we walked into Tin Roof and we started talking to this group and I asked where they're from I think they were from Cleveland it was one of the groups from Cleveland uh Nancy's hometown (laughs) go Cleveland and uh they all were wearing these pink penis whistles um which i sort of describe in the story, sorry mom, uh, but they, they are very detailed and, ev- and a lot Too of people detailed. had them. A lot of people had them. And so at one point in the interview, I asked, where did you get your whistles? And they looked at me like a little strange. I said, the penis whistles that you're wearing, where did you get them? And they looked at me like I was stupid and said, Amazon, um, which in hindsight was kind of a dumb question. And since then I've actually gone on to Amazon and looked at the bachelorette party options and there are a lot so i encourage 
folks to do that on their own. <laughs> we um, assumed that a store downtown was selling yes. the penis whistles because there were several groups that had them on, and it wasn't like it was apparently the same one, it like was the same brand. It appeared to be. <laughs> I mean, we didn't study them that closely, yeah, I guess. But uh, someone's really making a living. My, yeah. my favorite group and story was we went into Wannabes, which is a fine karaoke establishment, and. I mean, we were in there for two minutes and, and an entire bachelorette party ended up taking the stage um, to sing and they were up there going nuts. And there are some fantastic photos from that, which I think will be in the story or some of them will be on social media. But the bride, particularly in the middle of the song, started taking all these selfies and um, posing differently for each one, which which Daniel got an amazing, just a sort bunch of photos. For, yeah, of, yeah, of selfies her. in action. But so they finished the song with their penis whistles actually and then they you know they yell woo and then they leave and so we follow them out so that Stephen can interview them on the street which two things was were great about this one was one very drunk girl said to him as sincerely as anyone has ever said anything maybe um i can't wait to see you in the new york times so <laughs> they think the story is going places or that Stephen is going places but um but my favorite thing was actually something Stephen did not them but he's interviewing them and was very, very straight-faced about it and just asked them with also a lot of sincerity, what does Fergalicious mean to you? Because that was the song that they were singing in the karaoke bar. And then they all, none of them even laughed. Like they, they had didn't, very genuine responses. Yeah, they were um, very sincere about yeah. why they chose to sing It had come out when they were in sixth grade. How old does that make them? <laughs> I, yeah, they, I don't know. I, I looked, it's in the story. I think yeah. that song came out in 2012, 2002 or something. <laughs> I, um, I hope they were in sixth grade in 2012. Yeah, 2002. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, the the selfie thing made me think of something else. I mean, the other thing that's fascinating, f- fascinating maybe slightly overstating it, but <laughs> yeah. that's I, is interesting to me about this topic is like the bachelorette industrial complex is built on the chance to be a spectacle yourself, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's just no better picture of that than this girl on stage taking selfies mm-hmm. of herself because these groups are down there. And look, I've been on a pedal tavern, so I have done. I have done this. Okay? I have I'm not. not above it. I like attention as much as anyone else. But, it, <laughs> but they they are down there to have fun, of course, and do their whole thing. But also because you, there are all these other people down there that will see you having fun and doing your thing. Mm-hmm. And so you have this girl on stage who is taking a picture of herself, making a spectacle in public that other people are watching. It's like the perfect sort of through the looking glass moment of you know. It's like. It's like your chance to be on a reality show. I mean, and I think that's a big part of the appeal. And it's the same reason that the pedal taverns and all these sort of what I learned uh, is is known in the industry as transportainment <laughs> options. This is my favorite new word, um, by the way. Are so popular because you get to ride around the city and be a tourist attraction yourself. I mean, people are taking pictures of you being. Absolutely. So it's kind of a wild thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a really good picture of like Bachelorette City right now. But let's talk about Nashville before it was Bachelorette <laughs> City, Nancy. <laughs> so one thing that came up while Stephen was working on this story is that I also had my Bachelorette party in Nashville uh, 15 years ago when it was not Bachelorette City. So in 2002, when I got married, um, I had my Bachelorette party downtown, which I should clarify, it was not this girls weekend in Nashville. I lived in Nashville. I was getting married in Nashville. Everybody, well, many of my bridesmaids lived here, but then everyone else was in town. We went downtown like two nights before the wedding. 
Um, and it was like the saddest thing ever because downtown Nashville in 2002 was like a really kind of terrible place. I mean, it was not even remotely close <laughs> to what it is now. It was fine, but it was just there wasn't a lot down there. There weren't a lot of people down there at all. And so it was amazing to be down there with the guys for this story because, I mean, as anybody who has been on Broadway on a Friday or Saturday night or driven down Broadway on a Friday or Saturday night can attest, it's, you know, there are huge crowds of people. I mean, they extend basically the sidewalk space because there's so many people. Every single bar you go into is packed, and and there are a million bars down there. Um, that was not so in 2002. So we literally <laughs> were left with, like, Hooters was open and the old spaghetti factory, which is still downtown. And... Shawnakey, which was an Irish pub that was actually great, and um, until someone I think got like shot in front of it or something, which is horrendous. But it closed down, and it is actually now what Honky Tonk Central is. So, um, so when I was there at the corner of whatever that is, third or fourth and Broadway, um, for my bachelorette party, there was an Irish pub, not a um, a honky tonk, not a three floor honky tonk with. 17 bachelors. So even like the stuff that like my girlfriends would, you know, would make me do to embarrass myself as you do at your bachelor party, we were like struggling to like find other people to participate because there's just, there wasn't anybody down there. So it is, you know, it is quite a different place uh, for bachelorettes now. And we probably were the only bachelorette party. I mean, that's the thing. We saw 33 groups in an hour and a half. And that was just, I mean, we only walked into maybe three or four places that was just pretty much on the street mm-hmm. so i mean there's i mean it would be interesting to note how many bachelor parties were actually down yeah. there on that friday night well and that's an interesting thing that i learned as well is that mm-hmm. they're that's also sort of part of the thing that they're they're selling now i mean this company that i talked about in the story batch weekend um which was sort of is one of the leading leaders of the batch industry the in leading Nashville. Leaders. The leading leaders. <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, they started in 2013. They were doing a sort of concierge model where you would just get in touch with them, tell them you're coming to Nashville for your bachelorette party or bachelor party, and they would help you kind of plan it. Um, go to this restaurant, go to this bar, whatnot. But since then, they've changed to something that they described to me as more like uh, modeled after the way a cruise works, sort of. So you, they have dates on their website. You pick a date, you go, and they have an itinerary that they give you. And what they will do is, and this is another term of art in the industry that I learned, is they'll basically have like a mega batch weekend, like a bachelorette get in, uh, <laughs> you know, where they'll have like 20 bachelor and bachelorette parties and they'll just rent out a floor of a bar downtown and have a party. And then the next day they'll have, they'll sort of plan things. And so you'll have some time with your group and some time with all these other groups. And it's like, I mean, they were, they were proud to tell me that they, they have, you know, hookups and uh, relationships that have started on these things. Yeah. It sounds um, like a terrible idea. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, depends how you look at it. It could be a good idea too. Um, But you know, so I, all that to say that Nancy is talking about, when she had her bachelorette party here like 30 years ago or whenever that was that there's <laughs> not that old that there it's not like you were running into other bachelorette right. parties but now i think one of the part of the appeal to coming to a place like nashville is that you actually know you will see other bachelorette parties you're going to be walking around and it's going to be like you're at a bachelorette party island you know like where there are all these other people that you can party with they're doing the same thing you're doing which is interesting and we talked about this when we were downtown that 
you know, these groups will come and because there are so many bachelorette parties, I'm curious to know like how much attention they actually get. And we were sort of joking in the office about how we should have, you know, taken a group of girls and gone downtown and pretended to be a bachelorette party to sort of see like, do you get special treatment? Are people buying you drinks? But there's a part of it where I'm like, we saw 33 groups in an hour and a half and you know just walking down the street so i'm like at in any given bar at any given time there's three four Multiple, five groups yeah. you know i'm i'm curious is like does anybody actually care that there are bachelorette parties in there and yeah. when we went into like honky tonk central for example the first thing that the girl on stage said was you know are there any brides in here and you know of course the crowd yeah, erupts I mean, because there's several i'm like every single night you know they're probably doing that because there's always bachelorette parties. I, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing that now all of these groups are flocking here because I wonder if that is enhancing their experience mm-hmm. or taking away from it a little bit because, you know, they're well, not special. Yeah, well, and the other thing, I mean, on a slightly more serious note that we also talked about and I wonder is whether it's not shocking to anyone that if you go downtown and you're a woman, I mean, there are a lot of drunk, obnoxious guys down there who don't have respect boundaries and I mean but when we were down there I mean you didn't feel like oh look there's a bachelorette party you felt like we're at a bachelorette party we're in the minority so like I wonder if there's a if there's a safety in numbers things I mean seriously so that sort of leads us to the next question I was going to ask which is why do you think Nashville has become such a hub for bachelorettes I think and this is I mean the folks I talked to at batch weekend that company mention this too I think they're right I mean I think lower Broadway is fairly unique as far as a, a place in a, in a large American city I mean you can think of the strip in Las Vegas but other than that the idea of there being this five block strip where you can go from bar to bar to bar to bar there's live music in every bar there's no cover you know um, and again I mean it is basically it really feels like when you're down there, this is a five block area where I can just stumble around. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you can be publicly intoxicated down there within reason, I guess. And it's, it's just sort of how it is. So I think that's a very unique sort of situation. And I imagine that has a lot to do with it. On top of the fact that just Nashville is more popular and prominent, it's grown, it's on Mm -hmm. TV. It's, you know, I think all that that affects it too, of course, but none of that guarantees that you're gonna have bachelorette parties coming here. So I think Broadway in particular plays into that. Well, and one thing too that I think makes Nashville so appealing is that it is really centrally located. And we found that as we were talking to groups, because Stephen was asking all the groups where they were from, and there were a lot of groups from Ohio, and there were groups from Kansas, and it was like, you know, Nashville was an easy place for girls to come in from Atlanta and Florida and Ohio and in the Midwest, where, I mean, with the exception, we did meet one group that were all in from San Francisco, which really surprised me. but. Yeah. For the most part, everybody could get to Nashville in a either short, cheap flight or a short drive. Mm-hmm. And so for these groups that all the bridesmaids and stuff don't live in the same city, they were, you know, Nashville is like a really centrally located place for this part of the country. Everybody can get here in right. eight hours or less. So I think that drives a lot of these parties to come here. So, yeah. So what do you think is next for this bachelorette industry? You think it's going to explode? You're going to see 55 bachelorettes? Yeah, we'll have to do a follow-up. I'm curious. I mean, part of me doesn't see why it should ever stop. 
stop or would ever stop. I mean, so long as people are continuing to get engaged and <laughs> like get drinking. drunk to celebrate there. At the same time, I suppose that at some point, like some other city is gonna have glossy magazine stories written about it and become <laughs> like a hot thing. And you know, I imagine that will have some effect on it. But it does sort of seem like a self-perpetuating thing. I mean, now we have boats towed by trucks downtown that will pull you in your park. I mean, there's a whole industry that is built up around that just will keep it going. And then everyone Instagrams themselves doing it. Mm -hmm. To a certain extent, I don't see how the bubble bursts, but I could be wrong. I don't know. And I think country music is a big draw for a lot of people. And so you've got that and you've got John Rich opening a place and Alan Jackson and all of these country stars are now, I mean, as much as we hate it, very wisely, you know. (laughs) Right kind of striking while the iron is hot and opening these places, yes. I think that's going to continue to draw people. Because even if another city ends up, you know, becoming the next it city like Nashville was or whatever, they still aren't going to have that draw. You know, we, mm-hmm. you know, people still come here and think that Lower Broadway is an authentic country music experience. And so right. that's going to continue to bring groups in Yeah, I think as terrible right. as we think that is. I can't emphasize enough that we find that terrible. <laughs> so there are industries that are thriving, obviously, like yes. Honky Tonk. But uh, Amanda Haggard has the uh, little side Sidebar, column yeah. about places that don't like the uh, bachelorette industry so much. Yes, there are a few bus companies, uh, Nash Trash Tours, um, that don't allow bachelorettes or, or tax them or whatever. You know, they, they try to discourage bachelorette parties from coming on. I think there's some bars in town that do that as well. So that's pretty interesting. And I think Noble, you know, good on them. But, <laughs> good I, on him. but I don't know that... They're not going to win the battle, I don't think. But. So we've talked a lot about bachelorettes, but to sort of wrap up, I would like to talk about the men, the bachelors of Nashville. What are they doing? We talked a lot about this, actually, because we saw so many identifiable bachelorette parties, and there are groups of dudes prowling around Lower Broadway, too, but it's just that uh, prowling they, is a good word. Prowling, <laughs> I use that yes. intentionally. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they presumably are just not as organized, or maybe there's not as much bachelor party. Yeah, guys don't wear to, to, sashes. There's not matching shirts. There's not hats. You know, so it was a little. It's a little hard to pick them out. I mean, I did see one dude with a sad, like, handmade T-shirt, but that sort of gets at it. I mean, everyone that I talked to that's sort of involved in the industry if you will definitely said that bachelorette parties you know they see them more um, but it's but because you can identify them maybe that I mean, and there were huge groups of guys walking around prowling around if you will um downtown <laughs> when we were there but right unless you're going to go up to each one and ask them the reason for right. their trip to nashville the girls and it's not just on, on broadway i mean we you know our offices are in the gulch so on a friday afternoon yeah you start seeing all of these girls and they all have, it's just the same way they have a uniform when they go out on Broadway, they have a uniform for the day, which is cut off jean shorts, cowboy boots, a matching tank top that says something terrible about like having friends in low places or whatever. And then like <laughs> a flannel shirt tied around their waist. And we see them all walking down the street in groups of 10 or 20 to go to you know Biscuit right. Love or wherever they go in the Gulch. Yeah, but the guys, it's like you, you, we see a lot of groups of guys, but you would never know that mm-hmm. they're here for that. I mean, I know some guys like that have come to Nashville for Bachelor Weekends. They're not, again, wearing matching outfits, but sure. they're coming here. But even the idea of, of Bachelorette trips is a little foreign to me. I mean, I have been a bridesmaid like 15 or 16 times, and I have never had to go on a weekend somewhere to do a Bachelorette weekend or all travel to go 
say yes to the dress or whatever, which is a thing now that brides and bridesmaids have to do. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's like, yeah, you used to go out a couple of nights before the wedding when everyone was in town, but right. now it's like you have to go. So basically what we're saying is guys uh, need to get more visible signage. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, yeah. We can start more marketing this. We need to set up a penis whistle stand on Broadway. Yes. And we need to start selling male, <laughs> the male equivalent of sashes. <laughs> what would that be? I don't know. Belts? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A belt that says groom to be? I don't know. That's a good face you just made. They can't see that. Yeah, I don't, I'm just thinking of these potential <laughs> products, and I don't like any of them. So Those terrible, um, like, bro country hats, you know, like Florida Georgia line wears. But you could, you know, I don't know, put some ribbons on those. <laughs> a sash on those that says groom. Yeah. Or uh, getting shady in Music City or whatever. After this quick ad, we'll have Stephen and Nancy back to talk The Bachelorette. Opinions, predictions, and recaps. Stay tuned. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Nashville Scenes Taco Week, August 21st through 27th. Enjoy Nashville's favorite tacos for just $2 all week long. For details on participating restaurants, go to tacoweek.nashvillescene.com. So I am back with Stephen Hale and Nancy Floyd, and now we are going to talk about The Bachelorette. We are. Who's we excited? Are. <laughs> uh, Nancy, would you start, since you wrote the recap for uh, this past Monday, just giving us like a quick two-minute recap? Yeah, so we have reached the end of The Bachelorette. This coming Monday is the finale. So this past Monday was the Men Tell All special, which is basically when they bring back all of the guys who are all terrible. Who tell all. And they tell all. (laughs) They tell all the things that there is to tell about the season. So one of the, I guess the biggest thing they focused on was our very own Nashville representative, Lee Garrett, and whether or not he hates women and is racist. Pretty much is kind of what they talked about. Which he more or less admitted. He pretty much agreed to after like a lot of prodding from Chris Harrison. Let me ask you this. Yes. Did you... Drink a lot when I watched it? Yep. I yeah. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. How did you think Lee fared? Did your opinion of Lee change at all during Mental All? That's a good question. I think that Lee was smart to come on and take a very humble and apologetic stance. Now, he Under some duress, but yeah. he did. Yeah. Well, well, you kind of could tell from the get-go that he was like, I'm just, I'm really sorry. I, but I think that the guys and Chris Harrison made a good point of like, at no point throughout the filming of the season or when all these like racist and misogynistic tweets came out did he apologize for anything or ever like I mean he I, I didn't I never even saw that he made any sort of statement about anything so it is a little interesting that all of a sudden he's going to be on TV and he's like now I'm going to pretend like I'm really sorry I don't know the man's heart I don't know if he's really sorry but I feel bad for him because it was pretty brutal to watch but I also think that Lee maybe wants to be a singer-songwriter, and he only has like 4,000 followers on Instagram, and and he wanted to maybe try to yeah, earn some, earn some love from he's America. He's trying to funnel this into, into something else. Which I mean, the thing that I was sort of of two minds about it. <laughs> yeah. One, I was glad that all the other men basically forced him to say 
what he was claiming to be sorry Agreed, for. Agreed, yeah. Because at first he tried to do this thing where he was like, you know, I'm sorry. And I wasn't a better friend. I'm like, Right, and they're like, no, friend. that's not nope. what, what we're here about. Nope. So I liked that. The thing that I hated about it was that the upshot of the, I mean, and I think all the other guys, particularly the black men mm -hmm. uh, who were talking about it, were, were gracious and right. whatnot, which is, which is great. <clears throat> but the, there was sort of this irritating upshot of the episode, which was, this is the first season of The Bachelorette with a black uh, woman, mm -hmm. um, bachelor or bachelorette, right. uh, with, a, with a black person as the lead. And we have this racism, which the show clearly sort of used for dramatic effect, which is its own problem. Yeah. And then at the end, the upshot is all these black guys are agreeing to, like, help Lee mm -hmm. be a better dude. Right. And it was just, I mean, admittedly, I'm a white guy saying this, but it was sort of annoying you know, to <laughs> yeah. be like, oh, well, isn't that nice? Like, yeah. now that you're sort of famous, they've all the, you know, it was just sort of irritating. But yeah. He's not great. We don't love him. No, we're not big fans. <laughs> but we have thoughts on uh, Stephen has some pretty strong thoughts on Dean. Who? Um... Well, we were gonna talk. We were talking a little earlier about favorite guys contestants. What do we call them? Guys from this season. <laughs> Bachelors. Yeah. Um, and I. What do we call don't them? really have. I mean, I don't have a favorite because I think because you love them all equally. Is, that's right. It's like picking a child. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, Dean, who. Um, I mean, presumably, if you if you don't watch this show and you're still listening, that's impressive. But mm -hmm. if you don't know, Dean was one of the contestants, and they started this season in a, in a unique way, which is that the, on the the final rose show for last season, they had Rachel come out and meet a few guys, and Dean was one of those guys, and he is a white guy, and I think he's like 23, he's, he's quite five, I think, yeah. So he came out and said to Rachel, who again is a black woman, said. I'm ready to go black and I'm never going back. Yeah. Um, which is one of the most cringy moments of the show, I think. Which is I've saying seen. a lot, but it's true. Yes. It was really cringy. It was, it was really rough. Um, but then, as the actual season went on, he seemed more likable to me. Mm -hmm. um, they had a real connection. They did. As we Their say. journey was Their a journey, solid yeah. one. Um, and he was also pretty direct a couple times about sort of addressing some of the racial tension um, that was going on in the show. So he seemed more likable. He had to confront some of these sort of very complicated family dynamics in his own family mm -hmm. when Rachel went to his hometown. So, and then I thought he was pretty good on the mental also. In the end, I think he turned out to be a pretty good dude. Would you like Dean to be the next Bachelor? Uh, no, I don't think Dean needs to do that. I think that he seems like he has some, and I mean this sincerely, I don't think he seems like he has some things to work on that mm -hmm. going on television will not But do you think solve. he's going to be able to work on them and Bachelor in Paradise? Because he is going to be on that. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I think that's also a mistake. It seems like this recorded <laughs> podcast would be a good time for me to go on the record and say, I do not want to recap Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> yeah, well, that's sort of a moral hazard at yeah, this point. That, that show maybe shouldn't exist anymore, it but shouldn't. that's sort of another topic. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so before we wrap up, uh, predictions for next week. I mean... Who's she going to pick? Well, I want her to pick Peter. And they have been Peter's creating a lot of drama around Peter because this is the dumbest thing, too. Peter has a very, like, normal, reasonable view on the outcome of the show, which is, I've known you for five minutes. I don't want to propose to you. But I would love for us to keep dating and be serious about dating. And then when we are ready to get married if we are ready to get married I will ask you to marry me then 
Rachel has said to him, I did not come on the show for a boyfriend. I came on the show for a fiance. Apparently, any old fiance will do. It doesn't matter. So they're at a bit of a crossroads. And they keep really hyping up this drama that, like, they just don't have a future because he doesn't want to propose because he is a normal, sane human being. So they really are making it look like Peter's going to go home. I would not be terribly upset if Peter ended up being the next Bachelor. I will say that. <laughs> I will recap that season if he is. But um, He's a handsome guy. He's a, very, he's a very handsome guy. And he seems like a reasonable, like, again, he seems like a reasonable, normal, like, down-to-earth ex-male model who now is a personal trainer kind of guy, you know? <laughs> So, but anyways, I think that they're, I think they're just creating all this drama. And yeah, the editing, it, you should always be suspicious of heavy editing right, like that in the right. show because they are trying to misdirect us. I will yeah. say that I like Eric a lot. I really do too. I think she's somehow ended up, I mean, Brian is, the is a horrible person and, <laughs> and she, you know, I, I don't want to get us sued, but it's possibly murdered people. But, but, <laughs> but she might, she has ended up with two very Two of the three that are left are yeah. good dudes. Eric is a great dude, but um, I don't think she'll pick him because she seems like, eh, yeah, the, okay. Yeah, but I agree with you that the the heavy editing mm-hmm. against Peter makes me think that it's going to be And the, the, the ads for this finale keep showing her saying, well, Peter just told me he's devastating. You know, they're really play, mm-hmm. leaning into it. So it I'm afraid I'm making a huge mistake. Yeah, I mean, they're either setting up for him to win or to be The Bachelor. Right, either way. So, which I would actually be okay with either thing. Yeah. But I kind of like Rachel, and I would be really sad if she picked Brian. Mostly because I am convinced he's had cheek work done. <laughs> oh, he he has. I think I thought that came out. I think that's a known it thing. Come now. out. No, I think it's like an, a a fact. We'll we'll double check this. But I don't I think, think it's a I fact. I think there's been reporting on. You this. might have read me saying that in my recap, and you thought that was real news. No, I no. I'm pretty sure the dude has. Like, had did his plastic surgeon speak out about no, it? No, he's got. Maybe he's talked about it or something. He has like um. Yeah, I think it's happened. We'll follow up on this. We will follow up on this. But Brian's terrible. We're okay with Eric. We want Peter to win. That's how we feel about it. And it's a three-hour special, and I'm going to have, like, 20 people at my house for it. That's and right. we will consume and then a great be deal like, of wine. And then there will be, like, I think a four-day break before the next one starts. Yes, but I'm not watching the next one. I've already said it, guys. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to do something productive with my Monday nights. Lovely. Probably watch it, but I'm not going <laughs> to recap it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And a few notes. We'd like to thank Jeff the Brotherhood for our intro music. If you like the sound, check out Diamond Way from the We Are the Champions album. And finally, don't forget to pick up the Nashville Scene print edition on Thursdays, or check us out online at nashvillescene.com. You can subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud right now. Thanks for listening.